Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Wonders. Yo, what up? It's your boy, Jeremiah Watkins. How you doing, y'all? Thanks for coming back and listening to Jeremiah Wonders. And I appreciate all those nice reviews on iTunes and those five-star ratings. I appreciate it, guys. It helps me out. So if you haven't done it yet, do it. Get your butts over to iTunes. Give me that five-star review. Leave a comment. And all you people asking about Google Play, guess what? Your boy hooked you up. Jeremiah Wonders available on Google Play now. Yeah, that's what's up. Got some shout-outs this week. First off, big love to Houston, Texas and Dallas, Texas. We took Kill Tony on the road this weekend, and we went to the Secret Group in Houston, and we went to Hyenas in Dallas. And, man, we had some incredible shows there. We did a total of, wow, uh, seven shows in three days between stand-up shows and Kill Tony shows, so it was pretty incredible. And Joelberg was there, my boy Patty Reagan, Tony Hinchcliffe, Red Band, the whole crew. It was so fun. We had such a good time in Texas, and I really appreciate everybody who came out and supported and threw money my way for T-shirts, CDs, and stickers that I brought. Hope you guys enjoy those CDs and stickers and shirts. And you can get those shirts, actually, at jeremiahwatkins.tv shop, which brings me to one of the sponsors for the show this week which is Luca Clothing Co. At Luca Clothing Co. on Instagram. My friend Nick, he is the guy who designed the Weight Gain Challenge Champion t-shirt for the month of December. And those are available online at uh, my merch store at jeremiahwatkins.tv shop. Very good dude. He's also got a Bill Hicks shirt that's up there. It's really cool. And he's also got a, a Joe Rogan shirt. So check out his site. And you can do that through my website. Also, my buddy Gino over at Speedweed. Yo, if you need that weed, you got to get that speed e-delivery. <laughs> oh, man, almost slipped. Almost said that speed is what you need again. But nope, you need the weed if you need the speed. Uh-huh. So uh, Gino's a good dude. Like I've, I've said before on the podcast, he sponsors shows uh, like uh, Roast Battle and supports Kill Tony. So check out at Speedweed on Twitter and hit up Gino if you need that that nugget, that 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 green, and you live in California, get that, that delivery. Got to give some other shout outs to some buddies that are doing some cool things right now. My buddy Omar Nava, been a really good friend of mine for a long time, really proud of him. He just did the CBS Diversity Showcase. He was a writer on that, as well as uh, our friend Atif Myers. And they got a couple of great sketches into the showcase, and I'm really hoping that uh, you know they get some work out of that. So their Instagram handles are Omar X Nava and Atif Myers, A-T-I-F-M-Y-E-R-S. Check those guys out. Funny comedians, funny friends, stand-ups that are great, uh, and they're great writers. So check their stuff out. And they got some shows coming up. Your boys got some shows coming up, so come on out to Stand Up on the Spot. That's every second Tuesday of the month at the Comedy Store in the Belly Room. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna leak some information, guys, so you can get your tickets now because I haven't even dropped the lineup anywhere on social media. So by listening to this podcast, you get that you get in on that good good that good good information. On Tuesday, February thirteenth, 
The lineup so far is Joe Rogan, Morgan Murphy, Tom Segura, and myself, Jeremiah Watkins. It's going to be a banger of a show. It's going to sell out really quick. So get on that if you want tickets to that. Me and my boy Patty Reagan will be doing Reagan and Watkins in Boston on Thursday, February 15th at The Hideout. And then on Friday, February 16th at Great Scott. We'll be running our showcase for NACA. And on the 17th, we'll find out basically that weekend if we book a bunch of colleges or we don't. (laughs) We shall see. Also, if you are a person that's interested in sponsoring Jeremiah Wonders, shoot me an email over at yourboyjeremiahwatkins at gmail.com. That's Y-O-U-R boy, jeremiahwatkins at gmail.com. Or if you just want to send me a note or a letter or whatever, just want to say what's up and follow me on social media at Jeremiah Standup. But this brings me to something about this guy who's troubled. He keeps emailing me. He keeps writing me letters, and I don't know what's going on with him. But his name is Stan, and he keeps writing me letters. So here's another letter from a guy named Stan. Dear Jeremiah, I feel weird typing up an email, but I feel like I can't not reach out and tell you I appreciate you. Listening to the Bobby Lee episode of Jeremiah Wonders brought me out of such a shitty mood yesterday. I was crying laughing at y'all's impersonations, and it really brought me back to feeling like a child and a true sense of creative playfulness. On a darker note, Bobby describing his emptiness and depression as it related to helping others to get away from the self-obsession, the inability to make that change, has been one of the exact things that has been weighing on my own mind heavily for the past couple of years. It felt so nice to hear someone successful putting that into words that I felt like I was saying. I work a private mental health job that can be high stress involving violent or suicidal outbursts and comedy podcasts get me through the downtime. Been a fan of yours for a while from listening to Kill Tony. Actually even went to a show when I was out in LA, but it happened to be a random week you weren't there. Anyway, thanks man for being a positive person, bringing laughter to people. Your biggest fan, Stan. JK, this is Brandon Cowery. Thank you very much, Brandon Cowery, for sending that message. Uh, I really appreciate the kind words, and I appreciate the support. I'm glad that uh, this podcast is getting you out of a dark place, man. Uh, That's what I do this for. That's what I think me and a lot of uh, my friends and cohorts do comedy for is to bring joy and light into people's lives. So I try to put out as much positive energy as I can, and I'm glad it's helping out, man. I really... uh, Really appreciate that that nice message, uh, and and thanks to all the people who, uh, whenever I went to Dallas and Houston, who came up to me in person and and told me personally how much they have been enjoying the podcast. So keep telling your friends about the show. I'll keep trying to get amazing guests, and we'll keep building this thing, guys. It's gonna be fun. Uh, it keeps turning into something more and more fun that I look forward to working on editing and releasing every week so i hope you guys are enjoying it as much as i am putting it out so without further ado i'm very excited for this episode man i absolutely love maryland rice cup we had a lot of fun riffing hanging out talked about a lot of stuff talked about her career talked about comedy talked about family all that good stuff listen up now to my pal maryland rice cup Let's get into this. You okay, know let's what I mean? do it. Yeah, no, I want to. I've been wanting to unpack this for a while with you. So I'm glad you've joined me on let's the show. Get into it. Me too. Yeah, you know, like uh, we have a lot of emotional baggage together yeah, that we need know, to explore. 
I want it to be water under the bridge, but I'm afraid it's not right now. Not quite yet. We've got so, some, some things that we need to clear yeah. between us. Some, um, some air. Have you ever taken a stress and anxiety test? I don't know. Are you curious about yourself? <laughs> have you ever taken an anxiety test before? I'm trying to think of the name of the Scientology thing that you take on oh, Hollywood like, Boulevard. The, the, like yes. the grip thing? Yeah, there's a certain name for it, and I forgot what it was. Uh, the, the energy-o-meter or something. Yeah. And you hold on to two things, and it's That's like probably a heat, the name heat of it, conductor. Right? Yeah. Energy um, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been to one of those? Have you ever been like tricked into going to a Scientology church or anything like that? Yeah. Because I know they do like they offer like the uh, the acting uh, experiences. Like my wife, she whenever she first moved to Los Angeles, they convinced her and another friend to come back for free acting classes, and then yeah, it was really weird. And then. <laughs> and then they convince them to like give like a little bit of money and we have moved multiple times since yeah they find you every like we still get mail from this and this is her from she went to that over 10 years ago in Los Angeles I have two experiences with Scientology one is uh an independent movie I did with uh Nancy Cartwright, who's who's a big Scientologist, and and everybody, and I also have have worked and not really friends, I would say acquaintances, with people who are in it and who are amazing and lovely, and the nicest people ever. And then my other experience is just that weird on Hollywood Boulevard where you're like, what is happening? Yeah, what is going on right now? Why? No, I don't want to watch a video right now. I don't want to write things. But then sometimes you do. Sometimes you do want to look at all those boxes and check them off and be like, no, I, I have been feeling a little tired lately. I don't know what that is, that urge to yeah, uh, get a psychic reading or let me explore my anxiety I right mean, now. I guess this isn't too After crazy three cocktails, at, you know, at 1045 at night while walking down Hollywood Boulevard, let me go ahead and do this right now. Or in your wife's case, let me go in for that free acting class. Yeah, right? You know, I'm I, new to Hollywood. I mean, I'm open to this it. This could be cool, right? I'll just meet some new people. Yeah. It's, I don't know what this is, really. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I, I can't uh, fault people who are deeply into it and get something out of it and who mm. are lovely to work with and smart people. But then I also just don't really want to get into it with them you know oh i think we're actually getting our first caller uh right now let me oh cool let me go ahead and take this hello caller who's this is marilyn rice cup on the program today yeah it's it that that's me i was just talking i'm here with jeremiah hey we've been following you marilyn yeah um, this is the Church of Scientology. This is Delbert, hey, one of the star leaders. Hey, Delbert. Um, yeah, it's totally cool with me. You don't need to follow me. I'm not, you know, I just, I didn't even, I just tried to not even have a, an opinion. We've I been just, following your career quite closely. Oh, really? I mean... You, Would you like some free acting classes? Kind of. I mean, I can always use a brush up or a polish. Sure. Can we, you can you help me with pilot season? Absolutely. We use Meisner technique. I love Meisner. Yes, and also Stanislavski. Wait, which is the one where you just move like stuff? You move a book and put it down, um, and you just get physical. That's probably maybe the Meisner one. Well, you're not the acting I'm teacher. I'm not. No, I'm just a Star Lord that's uh, delegating. 
the uh, the acting classes around, and I heard that you could possibly be a spokesperson for us. I mean, maybe. I I don't I I don't like that you're following me. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. You have a beautiful family, Marilyn. Thank you. Your son has not been winning his basketball games recently. What's going on with that? Well, they did win the first half of the last game, so we're very proud of that. And I think, you know, they were just a little bit behind as a team. We have basketball camps at the Church you of do? Scientology as well. That'd be great. I'd love to, I, you know, honestly, I'd just love to, for him to brush up his skills a bit. And they've got a, um, what's that called in the second half when you when you push it? You get the, a full court press, a full, a full court press. Now, I am the coach of the boys' team, <laughs> Delbertus. Oh, you are? Yes, I am. Oh. I don't not do the acting thing. I know a lot about the basketball, though. Oh, so, yeah, the full court press. No, I knew mm. that. I've only seen He got shook, did he? Yeah. Mm. They were all, they lost their lead. Okay, well, we'll be in touch. Okay, thank you, we'll I think. We'll call you. Thanks, Delbert. Okay, that was really strange how much he knew about your family and everything. Was he somebody at the game? I don't know. I mean, he might have had a representative there. <sighs> They're really wide-reaching. Very wide-reach. I mean, it's not a bad organization. Yeah, you know, but you almost gave your son over uh, immediately so he could get better at <laughs> basketball. I didn't notice that. Pretty Whatever quickly. it takes. Whatever it takes for him to be a champion, I'm in. I thought the $100 Kyrie Irving shoes would do it, but no. <laughs> you told me uh, that your uh, your husband coaches the team, right? Yes. Yeah, Josh Adam Myers and I almost went to a uh, a game with Mary Lynn. We uh We were uh, so pumped up after our workout. We're so so we, pumped that we wanted to keep it going and 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 you guys almost came to that game. Yeah. And that was the game that uh everybody was uh in a in the huddle for the first time out and uh and my son my husband's the coach. Did I say that already? And then all the kids were around, and my son goes, "You guys, that other coach is really good." <laughs> like that's what he said during the uh, the timeout huddle. And How like, heartbreaking is that for your husband to hear? Just like as the father of your kid, like he's like looking around, and you're like, "Man, that that coach has really got it going on." He's like, "Oh man." My I'm... husband is like a champion. His face was <laughs> classic because I was sitting right next to him, and he just went, "Well, yeah, um, okay, yeah, let's yeah, uh, let's he's... let's talk about that right now in our." 20 seconds that we have to plan how we're going to <laughs> do the next uh round of plays yeah 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 we uh me josh adam myers and mary lynn uh worked out uh your husband owns this group interval training right yes, in he woodland owns this facility hills. in woodland hills and i'll tell you what it's the most tired i've been in i haven't felt like i used to play basketball back in high school and I have not almost blacked out like that since high school. It literally took me back to being a teen with coaches being like, come on, Watkins. Oh, you can do another lap. Do more wind sprints. And it's, but here's the thing. That I did that dancing. to myself. Yeah, you did that he, to yourself. I did that to myself because I was trying to keep up with you guys. Everybody else was like positive and fun. And it was like, but I'm like, I was trying to prove something to myself. Like, I'm still in shape. I just gained 30 pounds, whatever. I yeah. can totally just be in the mix with everybody else. Answer was well. No. I have to tell you something. I was particularly, particularly uh, not so great feeling after that because because there was something about you guys being there that we really up. we amped it because up. We, we were, were dancing a, and singing between like we the workouts, we and were, we didn't realize. <laughs> you guys really brought the the joy and the funk to the workout that day because it really pumped everybody up. Yeah. 
It was and a good I time. think we were because I was so excited that you guys were there, and so I worked harder. I didn't realize how much energy I was expelling, like like joking around between the workouts. Yeah. Where for three days after that, I was so exhausted and sore the entire time. So I, was I like, think that was part of it too. It was you going trying to prove to yourself, but then also being pumped up of just because we were just having fun, right. and, and not realizing how much we were. <laughs> It's almost like we were in performance mode. So we, Pretty much. we use that adrenaline to like work out <laughs> like, in ways that we should not have worked out. Definitely not. They're like, yeah, people were like, the, what, but these comedians, they are entertaining. <laughs> well, I think we were trying to entertain too yeah, much while we, we were, were around us. We were. But it was a good time. Uh, and I was me looking at everybody like, they're, those, these are my comedian friends, right? you guys. I, I really do comedy. They're cool, right? Remember how I always tell you I do it? They, 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 they do it with me. They know I do it. Yeah. My secret life. <laughs> I think I met you at, did I meet you here at the comedy store originally? Probably. Or maybe the improv. Somewhere around yeah. the scene. But uh, Mary Lynn, like myself, is a paid regular here at the comedy store. And uh, I see her go up all the time. And you are just one of those people that I love to just riff with. Every time that I see you, I'm just like, it's going to be a good riff session today. Yeah, we had that thing early on where we were just breaking a song and you you as well would make me really happy because I, I knew you would go there and you would know every song. And oh, I'll every, always follow. Whatever whatever you throw out there, I'll, oh yeah, I'll follow. Just uh, silly, silly stuff. And you were one of those people where when I met you, I was like, oh, he's like been here the whole time. I just didn't, like, I just felt like I knew you. Pretty yeah. Nice quality, Jeremiah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We did, uh, we did the show called The Comedy Jam uh, on Comedy Central, uh, Josh Hadamire's show, uh, where comedians tell a story and then they sing a song uh, that the story inspired. And we did a lot of uh, behind the scenes stuff with you that I really wish would have <laughs> made it somewhere. <laughs> Mary what Lynn happened to nice all that stuff? Oh my goodness. They put like one out of the 10 things on Snapchat and then the rest is oh. just like, it's just sad. They could have used drive. all that on oh, social. It was great. Because I, I could understand that they didn't cut it into the show show because they right, were on a right, real right. trajectory of making it feel like a rock experience and stuff. But yeah. all that behind the scenes stuff, it could could have and should have all been just yeah. thrown up there. Why not? Yeah, we did a silly 24 parody where you had to get to the stage and like 24 seconds or something <laughs> like that and you're giving wi-fi passwords out and like and you had a really good outfit on i had a re- my mosh pit outfit yeah oh yeah my are you a mosher denim. in real life oh yeah yeah well mosh pit is Hell for yeah. sure yeah yeah <laughs> uh you've had a, a really diverse career one of the things being 24 which we parried on the show was that one of your favorite things that you've been a part of as far as like the different things because you've done over the years you've done sketch you've done stand-up yeah you've done straight acting yeah so how does that like how does that compare like doing a serious show like a like an action drama like 24 compare to doing comedy uh yeah first it's really interesting because people a lot of people only know me from that. Right. But then the, everything else I've done has been comedy. So I always get a really interesting mix of fans who can't believe I do comedy because they know me from that show. And, right. And then for my experience, I uh, I didn't know, you know, it was, it was pretty nerve wracking because I didn't know if I was even going to fit into the tone of the show because I was... I mean, I think early on I started trying to talk like this to like match everybody else and then... 
my boss was like, yeah, you, you do kind of stick out, but we like it. Like he, you know, he looked yeah, at, he yeah, looked yeah. at the dailies and it, cause I was like, I am so getting fired. Cause, cause every time that I would sign on for, you know, two episodes or four episodes and then it just kind of grew from there. But yeah, it was a pretty, it's pretty major life experience because when I got onto that show, it was already at the top you know, of its game. Yeah. And, and so that's a crazy experience to be, to enter into something that people love and then to become a character slowly over time. Cause people did not like my character at first. They're like, thought she was annoying and like, Oh, this computer geek. And then slowly, once I started helping Jack, then they were like, okay. well, And it, but it also tricked them cause it wasn't what they expected, which is like a classic thing that that show did. It would always be like, who's the mole. And so my character's personality was almost like, she's annoying. Can we trust her? And then they're like, Oh, we can really trust her cause she's helping Jack. And that's when it got like crazy fun because you know, I became this like person that, that people, people want to follow and root for. Yeah. And then just being on a show like that that people are proud of and that people are creatively invested in it's just like such a neat vibe you know because you spend so much time with them and over the course of you know it was eight years so it's a pretty major that's a uh, long journey to be a part of it was exciting that's so cool what uh when did you like how many i guess seasons into the show uh would you start getting kind of people coming up to you on the street being like are you you Chloe from Twenty Four? Was it like pretty instantaneous, or was it like after like a season or two kind of thing? Yeah, I think it was like two or three seasons. Yeah, in. and also I just had my regular life, and it wasn't until I was more meaning that I hung out with comics and stuff. Who most yeah. who mostly would be like, "What is the show you're doing?" Yeah, you know, they like didn't. Watch what is it. this little show Twenty Four? <laughs> and then I started again. It was sort of that when it turned to that when I was helping Jack. Then it was it just built because then we were going to award shows and and doing press. And then I was like, Oh, okay. And even, you know, I had been really lucky and I I was having a good time and really thankful with my career, but it wasn't until that where I was like, Oh, I'm an actor. Like I have to go. Sure. Like I actually had a publicist train me on the red carpet. Only not train that train me in the sense that, the first time I did it, I could not, de- and I know people that are like this, I could not deal with my body, with standing in my own skin, and I think I was making some weird face, <laughs> and she just goes, no, 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 no. And it just having her have the job that she had, and she was like a young woman, and seeing the look on her face of like, and knowing the position I was in, it just, I was like, oh. Yeah. Like I have to, and it was the first time I, dressed up and sure as a comic we're used to like you know wearing hoodies and jeans or or, you know whatever and i I worked but i always got work from all the live performances i did in the 90s and i would get auditions because i loved performing and but i would dress like (laughs) like kind of frumpy frumpy and like large (laughs) men's t-shirts and like i don't know you know and like kind of have an attitude just because I was like, I didn't understand. I was that like, world. I didn't understand that world. I, I don't think I was like mature enough and I was just socially really awkward and not comfortable. Um, I think we, uh, we're going to call, I think, Oh, okay. It's coming through on the caller ID. Your publicist is actually, Oh, is she calling? Calling oh, right that's now. That's so nice. Yeah. Marilyn. Hey, it's so good to hear from you. It's been so long. Yes, it's been a long time. 
And I just want to say, you have cocooned and blossomed into such a beautiful woman. Thank you so much. I owe it all to you. And I really, ho- I felt like you gave me a little wrist slap that day. And it, it all kind of came crashing down. I was like, I've got to grow up and be a woman and wear a dress and just try to look pretty. Yes, be a woman. Be pretty. Do you remember what I always used to tell you? You always used to tell me... Um, you have lipstick you on have your teeth? You have lipstick in your teeth. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that happened to me every time. Yes, every single time. And also, chin up. Chin up. Ass out is ass what out. you said. Chin up. Ass you said, out. give it a little twerk, but not too much too twerk. Because yes. you're a white woman. Yes. People will love you, but they will we'll hate, hate you. you if, well. Yes. That's yes. right. That's right. I'm so glad I had such an impact on your life. You really did. And how's everything with you? Oh, well, the business is gone. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't uh, don't get hired quite as much anymore. Well, when that when all the social media took off, you didn't really care for that. No, I didn't. Not so much ever at all. Yeah. Because I like to show up in person, and people just watch these YouTube tutorials yeah. now. And also, you were really pro harassment. Oh, very much. I love for good raping. <laughs> and I, um, I learned so much from you from just letting people harass me. Yes, let, I say let the, let let live you be fondled, live in the fondle, live and let live, live and let live in the fondle, and that's what the catch, casting couch is all about. That's what catch I is catch said. can live catch, in the fondle, live in the fondle, live in the fondle, wrap oh. yourself up in the fondle. Okay, I had to cut her. Uh, I dropped that call. That was getting a little. You know what? I'm sorry. I went somewhere There's and a... I. She is so wrong on that. But I, something happens when I talk to her. I. Right. Fi- it's like she hypnotizes right. me, and I did not mean any of that. And right. I totally. I only, w- you know, used it to my advantage a couple of times, <laughs> and then I realized that it was messed up. But when I talk to her, I just go back no, there. You, I think you know. I it's think like it's... when you go home and you're like, "Oh, I'm 13 again." Yeah, or you're you like, you, you pick up your accent again. And you're like, "Hey, <laughs> mom and dad, how you doing?" Yeah, you pick up your accent. <laughs> yeah, totally. Man, yeah, she had uh, she had you in a trance. It was it, it was uh, it was kind of eye opening. Yeah, gosh, I I did for a second want to wrap myself in the fondle again, and um, <laughs> thank God I things. <laughs> thank never God got you too steered far. clear from that. Yeah. Whew. Uh, what was your first break that you got like in Hollywood? Because were you coming at like your approach? Were you coming at? Hollywood as like I'm going to audition and become an actor or was it the more comedy route where you're like Jeremiah absolutely not I did not come with any approach at all I was doing performance art in San Francisco I went to art school and um, people were laughing at me and I didn't know why they were laughing And I also started to meet comedians right around that time because okay. they were coming to these weird open mic rooms and I was very attracted to them because they knew their personality and they knew how to perform at a next right. level because I was doing poetry readings and people were just reading from their journal and I thought, oh, that's really cool. I would have never thought, oh, I'm funny, I'm going to take the stage, but I just was kind of drawn to it and I liked performing and I came to LA and I just did all these weird shows with, you know... Uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross and and happened into this whole amazing clique of people and had no business coming here, had no money, had no car and just kind of slept around, you know, got wrapped myself up in the fondle and um, (laughs) did shows and worked crappy jobs. And what was your worst job or like a job that you just detested going to every day? Well, this was 
um, detestable, but it was also kind of fun, and I got material from it. I was a waitress at the Hard Rock Cafe, and I was not a great waitress. Did I they mean, play the same soundtrack all the time, or is it different music? Uh, I think I blocked it out. Yeah, yeah. Like certain song, like like whenever I worked at uh at Starbucks, I think they played different music. Did actually, they? yeah. Because I that? think I would have remembered it. We had like only three CDs that we were allowed to play at, at Starbucks? Starbucks. Oh my! It was they try maddening. to they try to act like Starbucks acts like they're always playing fresh stuff. No way. It's these like they try old... to give that feeling like here's our new CD or whatever. Yeah, no. I'm every glad you're blowing the lid off. Every of this. once in a while, yeah, exactly. Inside Starbucks, <laughs> investigative discovery. Yeah, they're uh, they're like three CDs, and we would be happy. What this CDs is how were bad they? it was. Just like these bad mixes that were were sent, and we would get excited when Jason Mraz would come on. We're like, oh, finally, a, <laughs> a song we know. And if that's ever the case in a situation where you're like thanking God for I Jason Mraz, I was thinking Mraz. David Gray. That's who I love. <laughs> Remember now, Remember now. So that's not too far off. Not from too Jason far. Mraz. No, I was I was there with you. I worked at a Seattle's Best Coffee. Oh, those aren't even around anymore. Yeah, I was the worst. Are you a coffee actually, drinker? Yes, I actually enjoyed making the coffee. Mm-hmm. When I was on the register, that was a nightmare because I could not care to focus on. You actually have to learn the keys oh, and stuff. Oh, there's so many buttons. And you going have to on. do it fast because people are like, it's just my coffee. Like, put it in. And there's so, way too many. Yeah, there's like and add I was shots so and the flavors. And out like, to lunch that I couldn't uh, handle that. See, I wasn't allowed to work uh, the bar side to make the drinks because I was too slow. Really? They would, I could not. I would literally. I've never felt this in my life where. Like, you know, we'll go up in front of strangers every night, and it's not a big deal for me ever. I would get stage fright while making the drinks. I would start sweating and clamming up because there's these, like, rich, like, nosy people that are like, is my drink ready? Is my drink ready? And they're like, what uh, uh, what do you have? And and they'd be like, uh, you know, a grande... Uh, uh, latte. I'm like, oh, grande uh, latte. Uh, yeah, that, I think that's all the way a, um, back there. There's a call coming in. It's one of your um, customers that used to order oh, a drink no. from you. Okay, I'll, I'll take the call, I guess. Hello? Oh, hey, no. um, it's me, Marcy. Marcy, M A R C Y. Oh, yeah, you don't spell the tradition. I remember you, Marcy. Yeah. Hi. Um, I listen to your podcast and I thought you were hilarious but now I just put it together because I you're so familiar to me and that's why I like your podcast but now I remember what an asshole you were to me wait I was yeah you were sweating you would you refused to get my drink right I, you refused to spell my name right I did my best Marcy I asked for it extra hot and every time it's like it's almost like you put ice in it to spite me. Uh, I might have put it on the kid's temperature on accident. I didn't mean to. Everyone else, you make perfect foam. But for me, it's almost like you were saying F you to me. I would never every say time. F you, Marcy. I would never say that. I mean, I'm sympathetic. I would to think the... that, but I would never. I mean, okay, great. I, I would never no, say no, that. No, no, tell me. Tell me. I'm sympathetic that you were stressed out, but that's no reason to make a poor product. You were and... a little overbearing at times i'm sorry to say wow you okay. brought your dog i'm surprised that you uh got married jeremiah 
Really? Yeah, I mean, I hope you don't call your wife overbearing and complain about her little dog. Well, and... I don't because she's not overbearing and she doesn't have a little dog. And also, another thing, Marcy, I'm actually glad you called in. I wanted to get this off my chest for a while now, actually. I don't believe that that is a service animal. You said it every single time you came in, Marcy. Okay. Is that little wow. is that little chihuahua a service animal that you're carrying in your Gucci purse? You know what? It's 2018. And I'm not going to take this from you anymore. I'm not going to take the abuse and I'm not going to take the harassment. And my dog's not going to take the harassment. Well, uh, wait, now I'm, har- you. I'm harassing you now? You're completely harassing me. How am you I harassing it. you? Why? On God's green earth, would you need to try to pick apart my dog, a service animal that I greatly need for my emotional state? Is that yes, what a chihuahua, you cannot discriminate against them any longer, okay? And I beg you to get your act together because you're going down the wrong side of history, my friend. Oh, you're really? You're on the wrong side. Really? Yeah. Calling out chihuahuas yeah, for not being for real? I bet you voted for Trump, too. I bet Maybe you voted I did. for Trump. Who knows? Good for you. Good for I hope you, Marcy. you enjoy the apocalypse. Who did you vote for? Jill Stein, Marcy, huh? Jill Stein had some good things on her platform. She oh, really? was misunderstood. Really? She was, and for your information, I voted for Bernie. Okay, maybe okay? I voted for Jeb Bush in the primaries. Who, <laughs> who knows? You know what? I got to go because I need to cuddle with my service dog now. So um, you can fuck off forever, Jeremiah. Wow. Okay, good luck, Macy. Good luck with your career. Yeah, okay, Macy. And your marriage. I'm going to keep spelling hey, you know it what? Macy. Goodbye. Okay, we lost her. I'm Marilyn, I'm sorry you had to witness that. Um, that was wow. pretty traumatizing. She's Me having, fired up. That's how all the customers were at the Starbucks. They're just so fired up, ready to get into it at any moment. Like, if anybody challenged me on something, like, this is like, this is not good enough or whatever, I would just, like, give them coupons. I'm like, <laughs> all right, the drink's on me. Just, like, please, please leave. I'm like, I don't... Now, did you ever have anybody else that could make the drink again, or would it always come back to you? No, they ended up planting me on the register permanently because I would I kept messing up drinks and I was too slow. I was messing it up and we're the perfect uh, couple people to work at Starbucks. Right? I c- I'm more comfortable um, with the I find the uh, the thing the espresso thing really soothing. Yeah, making that camping foam. it out. Making those caps, those Espe- lattes. Espresso. I had a couple girls who I worked with who were saints. That knew how bad I was, and they they were like, they as long you. as you keep making us laugh, Jeremiah, just we'll take care of it. Just you go over there and register. Like Marcy you, is so jealous of you. She, I think she is. I think she definitely is. You're having a good time, and she doesn't like it, right? And yeah. then they got mad at me for talking to the customers too long. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to <laughs> develop relationships with the customers. What do you guys want from me? Like they come back to the Starbucks because of because me. of my service, except for Marcy. Except true, Marcy just wants her drink stat. She should not be bringing that dog everywhere. No, what is up with that? I don't know. <sighs> anyway, <sighs> <laughs> sorry, you got me in a dark place now. Was Mr. Show? Uh, was that like? It's funny that you said that you didn't know that you were funny until 
<laughs> like you were doing performance art and people were laughing at you. That's like a funny way to discover. Like, yes. I don't know why people are laughing at me. Yes. But I guess I'm doing something right with my face or, yes. or my body. Or something wrong. Or something <laughs> wrong, I guess. Well, I mean, I did acting when I was in high school and as a kid, but I never dreamed that, you know, as I was saying earlier, I was very socially, I just had a need to express myself. Right. Honestly, it was like a survival tactic, I think, because yeah. I was imploding. Uh, and what kind of production did you do? Way out. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way out for. I mean, for me, a lot of people. What kind of productions did you do in high school? Do you remember <laughs> any of the plays? Uh, of that you course, did? I do. Yeah, um, I was Frenchie in Greece. Oh, I yes. was a um, shepherd I, in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream. You know, what? I think um, it's really bizarre, but we are getting a call in uh, right now. Um, hello, caller. Is this Frenchie from Greece? The the character is calling it's, me. I think the character is calling you right now, Marilyn. What's the story, Morning Glory? I do more than just Frenchie. That was from Bye Bye Birdie. Bye Bye Birdie, because I just I get typecast as Frenchie, and you know, I'm more than that. Actually, I personally think I'm more of a Sandy. Well, Frenchie, what other uh, have you done any commercial acting recently? I've been in a Geico commercial. What did that uh, that Geico commercial? Um, it was you and Flo talking in a conversation, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that Flo is a real piece of work. You know, I aspire to be like her. She she was a doll. She really showed me the ropes. And um, of course, I still want to be a beautician, and I'm still stuck <laughs> you're, in the you're still really wanting to be late fifties. I really am. Oh, okay. Uh, I do a Ramalama Lama Ding Dong every chance I get, and um. We go together is always the song that's in my heart. That I mean, that's a that's a great song. The we go together like. I um I think I'm developing some sort of a skin poisoning because of all the hairspray that I use because oh. I still wear the bouffant. I mean, mm. not as big as it was in the '60s, you know, but I still use a lot of hairspray, and I think it's seeping into my skin. Does my, the carpet match the drapes? Is sure. there a boot font? Uh, <laughs> it's pretty puffy. It's pretty puffy in between mm. my legs. I will be honest with you. I have to. I build it up and then I pat it back down. But I can't help myself. You can't you help know, yourself. You tease up there. You tease down there. You spray it both places, and that gets irritating. You it gets irritating you, down there. You are openly admitting that you tease your, <laughs> your pubic hair, Frenchie. I grow it as long as I can. Really? A lot of people can't grow it, and that's a p- point of pride for me that I can grow it out. Do you put, like, mousse and different products on it? I'm a woman of many talents. People only think of me as Frenchie. They don't think I can do any other shows. I mean, I am Frenchie. I always will be Frenchie. I am, I am in a timeless wormhole right now you know i am the character from greece but i also live in 2018 go figure i also put mousse and hairspray and tease my bouffant of my pubic hair try to understand it try to understand this political system we're living in now you can't this is a perfect time for me to be in the 50s and the 28 going on to 2020 yeah i plan to live forever well i am also a vampire that's how i that's that's the secret. Wait, you're a vampire? Well, I yeah, didn't welcome you on the show. It's the You can <laughs> Oh man, I wish I wouldn't have t- told Frenchie that. But you know, the the vampire rule, if you don't welcome a vampire onto a radio show, then they can't be a guest on the show. You know what's weird if she would not have admitted it? I know I wouldn't she, it even would have been know. fine. 
Because she was her own demise. It, it was, what was going on with that? I don't know. <laughs> that is so messed up. Well, this brings us to our next segment. It's called Fanning Out. Fanning Out. Questions from fans. I reached out to people on Instagram and Twitter, and I asked them if they could ask Mary Lynn Ricecub any question. What would they ask her? So I got a few for you right now. Oh, boy. Uh... This is from at Judd underscore Danger on Instagram. Do people hey, ever... Judd Danger. Yeah. Underscore. Hello. Do people ever, quote, salt the snail I in your it. daily I life? I swear to God, when before you said his name, I was going to go, this is going to be a gal the snail question. I just knew it. What's what's the question? Speaking of in do character, people, people salt me. Yeah. Do people yeah. ever salt the snail in your daily life? Yeah, it's great to just be going along my daily life and have people treat me like a disgusting character from a show and throw salt on me, which is something that happened the day of shooting. Um, no, he's that's a, that's he's being cute, right? And he does want to salt me because he loves that show, right? That, he, so that's good. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Sometimes people come to comedy shows and they bring the salt, and I think it's adorable, and then I want them to go away. Has anybody ever, after a show, tried to like sprinkle some salt or anything on you, like as a, as like a gag? Yeah, like, oh, they th- I yeah, gotcha. it's funny. It's cute. I mean, it, it's it actually is amazing because Gail the Snail is. Uh, I love that character. It's one of my favorites uh, because she is so disgusting, and I had to go deep inside and really connect with my inner Gail the Snail, and it kind of changed me as a person. Really? Yeah, because she's so gross and she doesn't have a sensor and she doesn't really care it's gotta be kind of freeing right to, yeah, to, to do a character whenever it's that extreme whenever you're like this character is so disgusting and so far do you know the character do you are you familiar with the show so, think, all, so yeah. all the characters on the show are kind of depraved mm-hmm. and then the gail the snail is their cousin that wants to party and she's she won't go away so that's to throw salt at her to make her go away but the thing about it is and she gives um danny devito a hand job under the table <laughs> And then um, I'm like, Mom, guess what? I'm having sex. And then Nora Dunn plays my mom, and she's like, you should, Gail. You're 35 years old. You're a grown <laughs> woman. You should be having sex. And then I'm giving him a hand job under the table, and he's like, you're mashing it, Gail. You're mashing it. But the thing about it is that when we ran through the scenes, the guys would be like, you're still too likable. Because I wasn't, it was a full-on character. Right. But I'm. that's not my style to come with a broad, it wasn't, it wasn't broad by the time I finished with it because I was connecting to it, but it took me a while to get there. To get so they like sent me back it. to hair and makeup, and then I go like, "All right, that's too much. That's too little." And, but then I and I'm like, I had to look inside and find, and then I was like, I had spit in my mouth, and I was just like really desperate and really wanted attention, but I didn't understand like social cues, right. and I didn't understand like why I was being gross. But but anyway, that was the whole point was to like you have to be grosser than we are for us to be grossed out by you. Right, right, the heightening there. So it was super, super fun, and also that they were open to having me do it and then play with it until I got it. So um, I embrace people that want to assault me. I think it's pretty special. (laughs) It's special. Are you one of the... uh, Are you the kind of actor that it helps if you look in the mirror to, like, kind of figure out a character, like, like... Uh, I mean, I'd like to say that it does, but because I, 
But it's but, more just kind of doing it. Yeah, it's more doing right? it. That's like I, I've never been the, the kind of person to to like study myself in the mirror. I know like like guys like uh, like Jim Carrey is like famous for like looking at himself in the mirror and like looking around. I could all I always just like feeling it and just like putting myself as yeah. much into it as possible, just committing and then just Me figuring too. it out. You know Me what I mean? too. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite. So also because I can't bear to like. Watch my. I mean, I tape every set that I do, and I never go back and you listen, listen to it. Uh, I'll go back and I will. Uh, it's so painstaking, but it helps me with my process because I'll improvise a lot on stage. Yeah, and you catch those lines. You catch I'll that stuff. That you, yeah. It, yeah, and then uh, and I'll put it in, and then I'll kind of keep reworking it on stage. But Smart. Yeah. Uh, will you try to reunite? Will you try to reunite the cast of Rap the Musical and theater <laughs> tour it? Uh, this is from at Yestradamus on on Instagram. I lo- uh, there's some deep cut comedy fans out right? there. I love it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I uh, thank you for that, but I uh, I'm not in control of rap the musical. Okay. I was uh, but a pawn in the Mister Show. <laughs> but in the uh, just a cog in the machine. Just a cog I'll in the machine. The musical. I brought what I could. Yes. Uh, this other question comes from uh, at. J Red Suth on Instagram. Uh, I think this is a, is a kind of hard one to answer, but did you enjoy your time more on Mr. Show or 24? <laughs> uh, she always seemed to enjoy more comedic roles to me. That's what he said. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. When we were talking earlier and I was saying what a major part of my life 24 was, the other thing that popped in my head was Mr. Show because, you know, when it's like, what is your favorite thing that you've done? I've been very lucky in that. Um, I, I, I seem to not get jobs that aren't for me and the ones that I get are sort of feel really Tailored right for you for for different reasons. I mean, I've done different things, but it's I've been very lucky. I mean, I've had some crappy jobs, but I'm all, usually when I'm in it. They're different, but I'm like, this is really cool. So whatever the last thing I did, I'm like, that was awesome yeah. just for like being able to experience it. And Mr. But Mr. Show was one of those like 24 but in a different way mr show is monumental in that that was really my first job and i saw those guys the thing i described you doing these live shows in la and bob and david and it was jack black and kyle gas doing some some of their earliest tenacious d shows watching all these guys do stuff live and then make it into this live presentation that executives came out and watched and then made it into a tv show like i was beside myself like that blew my mind apart i would be but like just so happy to be there and bouncing up and down and and then the fact that they included me in it because i had been in all those live shows with them it was just the most insanely fun thing to be around and so special because i was like well, you you can do this and then right. you like make the show and you execute it and it becomes this amazing thing i mean it sounds kind of silly now that i'm saying it like that but uh yeah, I was really green, and I really didn't how, really how know what was going around, on around that time. I was in my early twenties. I was like twenty four, but I just I don't know. Like I see someone like you, and you seem so much to know what you want and sort of understand what it is that you're doing. I just remember myself at that time, and I really was not very uh, sophisticated in the world. Yeah. And I, I would beat myself up like I'd be like, oh, you should have sketch writing packet. And and now that I look back on it, it's like I didn't have any idea what that was. Right. So there's no reason. 
Like it's it's a total process to um, go. I remember somebody like you know that dude B.J. Novak, where yeah. he he just came on the scene and he's like, I'm a writer, and I like he just had that skill mm-hmm. and then did it and then was a massive success. I still to this day am like, I'm drawn to experiences and I sort of figure things out as I go. But I'm I just now like with stand up, I'm like, oh. I think I'm approaching like knowing how to write a joke. Like I just that's not to sit down and like write a joke packet was completely out of my yeah realm. And I was just happy to be there as a performer and I remember the first check that I got for $9,000. I just stood on the corner and like cried and put it in my bank account that I I think I got a bank account to put that check in there. That's awesome. And that was like for the total of all the shows that I did, which was not a lot of money for being on a TV show, but I was like, yeah, this is the greatest day of my oh, life. Oh yeah, you can pay for what you yeah. like are and supposed it was. to be doing. Yeah. Beats, you know, working at a Hard Rock Cafe or the best. or Seattle Coffee yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it was a great experience. Great guys, brilliant show, like so lucky to have been just in that group, you know? Yeah. Oh, I think we're, I think we have uh, another caller. Oh, really? Hello, caller. Who is this? Dude, it's Jack Black. (laughs) Jack, hey, how are you? You remember those days? Dude, we got a collapse. Uh, don't worry, be happy. Remember, sometimes you would sing Bobby McFerrin. You were the only person I knew that was like a true Bobby McFerrin fan, and you tell the. Remember, you told me the story of sitting in the front row of. A, of course, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I loved you in Jumanji, by the way. You were great. Thank you so. Oh man, it was like totally like one of those like cool roles where I could really disappear into a like a teenage girl character. Yeah. <laughs> and you were. You really embodied her. It's so nice to hear from you. You're. You were always so talented and wonderful. Thank you so much. We always used to do that, uh, you know, that one, uh, you know, you said the Bobby McFerrin. We do the 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 uh, the rock version. Don't worry, <laughs> be happy. I'll say it. On, don't worry, me. I have a skittle on skittle skittle Yeah, you do know how to rock. That's one thing I've got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you. You can't stop from rocking. Even that, no. you're you've got your own school, I mean, of, rock. Movie, school of rock. Yeah, uh, yeah. I bet your kids are pretty rocking too, right? They love them. Yeah, they're six and nine now. Now, are you like that when you go to the bank and stuff too? Dude, totally. I'm like, can I deposit a check <laughs> in a check account? That's amazing. Totally. How do so you, many zeros on the end of this bank account. When you put your kid to bed, you're just rocking them right to bed. Dude, I'm like. It's your little baby does see a world that is gonna buy you a rocking world. You're all, you're all, you're all, you're all, I love your I love your spirit and it's just you, you 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 can't be stopped, you know? You you uh you're amazing. I'm a force to be reckoned with. You're a force to be reckoned with. I gotta go. Bye. Uh see you later. Okay, he uh obviously he just wanted to tell you, I guess, that uh he wants to collab with you again. That's exciting. I'm, did he say that? I'm not I, sure why he called. I, no, I think, they, I think he said that. He did? I think he said collapse skadoodle with E. <laughs> you have to interpret it. I, yeah, you sometimes... Uh, I'm so glad you said that because now I could you know, maybe maybe go through his reps and get a meeting with him. Totally. Maybe he'll let me audition. I mean, you have the recording, so that's as good as proof. So. Yeah. 
Uh, last question, then we uh, will move on to our final segment. Uh, this is from at Carl underscore man on Twitter. Uh, and this might be hard, too. Which is your favorite room to perform in and why? Oh. Another comedy fan. Um, Getting specific. I love myself uh, some OR at the comedy store. It's a f- man. It's one of those rooms that is so fun and so challenging at yeah, the same time. It's like both I, at once. The way that I feel about the OR is if I do a new joke in there and it hits, I'm like, okay, I can take this literally anywhere. Yeah. But if it doesn't, then I'm like, oh man, I really I got to workshop this thing in here like over and over until it's right. But yeah. Um. Yeah, I love it. This brings us to our final segment, Sax Talk. Oh, sax Talk. So basically, Mary Lynn, I'm going to play some saxophone, some sweet, sweet sax underneath your story of a sexual encounter that you've had in the past, and uh, I'll just jazz it up and make it all kinds of saxy. Sound good? I'm excited. Thanks. Any sexual story? The first time. Yeah, Feels if yeah, if you like want to If you want to do the first time, that's yeah, whatever Feels or it could just be a weird one. What a, <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Yeah, nice voice. That's Jeremiah. Um, okay. I'll follow you. Oh, I would I should just start. Yeah, okay. Um so many so many memories come flooding in, you know, fast and furious. Not to say that I've had a lot of sexual partners, but um I've had a few. I'm a, I'm a full, fully grown woman. Um, let's see. The first time I had sex. You're ready. So punctuated. Um, the first time I had sex. I think if I'm remembering correctly. Was with. My high school boyfriend. I don't feel like I should name his name. Um, we'll call him. Do what you gotta do. Uh, we'll call him Victor <laughs> Vapor Rub. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason not to name him. He he didn't he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, he wasn't. Um, he was the first guy that uh, got me to smoke pot. And I remember sitting in his mom's uh, kitchen staring at the microwave with the clock on it and just holding onto the bottom of the kitchen chair, staring at the clock going, is it over? Is it over? When does it end? When am I not going to be high? He was the nicest boyfriend he also turned me on to Jethro Tull little aqua lung uh, a little whatever the names of those other songs are that one and so we were going out he had puffy hair he was very tall Yeah, that's about how tall. He had a really nice smile, was really friendly, really sweet. 
and had a lot of freckles on his face and braces. And looking back on it, I honestly didn't know at the time, but you know how when you're attracted to somebody, the juices start flowing? Well, I thought I was attracted to him, but I wasn't really that attracted to him. Or maybe I was just scared of having sex. I would say we were probably more friends, but we kind of felt safe around each other, but not, but not so much for me, like so sexy, but I didn't really know what it felt like to feel sexy. I was just kind of going with it because I liked it. What I'm saying is, is there was a lot of um, friction, like rough friction, like Indian rub style. And so then when he got on top of me and he got ready to put his penis in my vagina, it was too big. And it wasn't lubricated correctly. And it hurt. And I said, ow. And then he stopped. The end. And there was a little blood on the sheets. And I was no longer a virgin. The end. Wow. <laughs> so, so the way you lost your virginity was you're like, this is too much. Let's uh, <laughs> let's take a rain check on this. Uh, Losing this the is, virginity this is, situation. This is way more than I can handle at the moment. Yeah. Is that my butt? What is happening right now? This is, I thought this was going to be a fairy tale. And then this guy comes at me with, I don't know what that thing is. Wow. Yeah. Well, Nicest guy. But that thing was too big for me. <laughs> it may have been different had there been some uh, lubrication. Look, we're adults. Right. So we can talk about right. it. Right. Or, or previous entry. Thank you. Right. I never thought about it that yeah, way. If somebody else had prepped the way for this guy. <laughs> was not ready for it. It was not, you know, it was just. <laughs> it was not our time. No. Your vagina was. Like Gandalf in The Hobbit, and he's like, "You shall not pass." <laughs> and then, uh, you know, forced entry. Yeah, forced entry. Ouch. Which brings us to the theme of this podcast: forced entry. Everybody, <laughs> Marilyn, thank you so much for doing the show. Is there anything uh, that you want to plug upcoming? Any shows or uh, uh, social media wise or anything? Uh, my social media is my name. Uh, if you like cat pictures and the occasional picture of my kid heck yeah i always forget to like take pictures when i'm out at the comedy club it's always when i'm like looking at a tree or something well we'll take a picture right after this oh my gosh i'm so excited right. so excited yeah you know just i'm um, doing a bunch of comedy doing a bunch of comedy check out mary lynn live uh she's always uh she's all over town she's always at the comedy store uh the improv um occasionally at the laugh factory but yeah come see her uh, with I'll us probably have to go on the road at some point to make some money <laughs> yeah yeah do it up. Okay. Yeah, go back. Get get back out on the road. It's fun. All right, I'll get back to you. All right. On those dates. All right, sounds good. Love you. Thanks for doing Thank the show. Thank you. I love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.